You might have heard in the background over the last few weeks about a thing called the Nature Restoration Law. This is a bit of legislation the European Parliament has been trying to pass, but which has split European political parties and proved rather controversial. So what's it actually about? Well, let me explain. Let me explain with Sean Defoe, a News Talk original. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe wherever it is you're listening. We've had a few RTE episodes out recently with the ongoing and ever-changing scandal there, which you can catch with a little bit of a scroll back in your feeds. But today, something completely different. We are talking about saving the planet. Or at least saving some species of animals who live with us on the planet and live much more poorly as a result of our existence. And as a part of its Green New Deal policy, the EU has come up with this plan called the Nature Restoration Law. Kind of does what it says on the tin. It's aimed at restoring nature, restoring habitats across the EU with different targets for different areas and different countries. But it's come under opposition largely, but not exclusively, from farmers and fishermen and the politicians who represent them. In Ireland, that's in large part because some of the restoration would be around the re-wetting, I can never say that without getting it wrong, re-wetting of bogland, which has been reclaimed for agricultural use. Basically, in the past, some of this bogland was drained to allow it to be more easily used in farming, but that had a number of ecological knock-ons. When the bogs were in their natural state, the organic material in them was breaking down, it was oxidising, which means it stored carbon. It acted as what they call a carbon sink. And the proposal is to re-wet them, increasing what's called the water table, basically the level to which water comes up under the ground, so it makes the overall ground more wet. This would allow them to store carbon again and have some other knock-on benefits for plants and animals and such. But farmers fear it will mean a loss of land and all the various consequences that come with that. Here's Matty McGrath and Leo Varadkar in the doll. So this proposal is half-baked, half-cooked, and we're going to drive farmers off the land, and we're heading, every day I think of it here and look at it, we're heading closer and closer to a food shortage in this country. And I believe it's a deliberate policy. I don't know what's driving it. It's a green uh, folly, green agenda, yes, but to flood lands that people give all their life draining, got grants in some cases, a bad, poor enough grants, but got grants and assistance to drain the land, and proud of it. And we see now they're going to be hunted off this land to hell or to Connacht. So this is not acceptable and we need and thank we in the rural independence are calling for a nudge and a national debate on this issue thank you um on the nature restoration uh law this proposed european laws deputies will know uh time is being provided next week uh, to discuss it um statements in the house and i do want to make it very clear that it is a proposal at this stage uh, i think we all understand the need to uh, protect nature to restore bio- biodiversity loss uh, to allow nature to regrow um, but there are aspects there are aspects of it that go too far uh, and go very far in my view um, particularly if it comes to uh, taking uh, agricultural land out of use for food production and indeed in urban areas there are issues as well where it might become harder for example to turn a grass pitch into an all-weather so there's a long way to go um, uh, before this uh, regulation is right and negotiations are still underway and I'd encourage people to engage in the debate next week um, in a productive way, uh, suggesting how the regulation can be improved, what compromises can be made, uh, so that it is fit for purpose. Um, but I do share concerns that people have uh, across rural and urban Ireland about some aspects of it uh, going too far and not fully recognising 
uh, how we um, uh, uh, use land uh, in Ireland in particular. The numbers, though, well, they refute a lot of those concerns. About 7% of Irish agricultural land is reclaimed, so could be, in theory, open for re-wetting. And re-wetting also doesn't mean that farming has to stop necessarily. It doesn't mean that someone's going to just come in and kick these people off and say you can't farm here anymore. In fact, in most cases, farming will be able to continue. And the plan is to then offer payments to those farmers who maybe lose out on land as a result through voluntary schemes. So they will be able to sign up to these schemes and they'll say, right, you're going to lose that field or that corner of it or whatever it is, but here's your payment in lieu of it. And the targets really are also not that massive. In fact, the entirety of the 2030 targets for Ireland can be met on public lands alone, former Bordnemona bogs, Quilcha land, that kind of thing. And then just an eighth of the 2050 target will need to involve private lands owned by farmers or anyone else. So this idea that someone is going to come in and just drive farmers off the land doesn't really stack up. And the environmental impact is surprisingly big. The European Commission says that a 15 centimetre thick layer of peat, so half of one of those wooden rulers you would have had in class as a kid, a 15 centimetre layer thick of peat can capture more carbon than a tropical forest get the Amazon to move over, the Midlands are coming. They estimate peat covers about 20% of the landscape in Ireland, which is quite a lot more than I thought it would actually, capturing 1,000 million tonnes of carbon. A thousand million tonnes. Some work on restoration here has already been happening with the Living Bog Project aiming to restore more than 2,600 hectares of bog. That's about 7,000 croak parks for comparison. The nature restoration law, though, is much wider. It's estimated about 80% of Europe's habitats are in poor condition, so it is aimed at restoring those. That's bogs, rivers, forests, grassland, ocean, you name it. And the overall target is to restore 20% of those by 2030, by the end of this decade, and then all of the habitats that need it by 2050 to bring back species populations. That might be the cranes in the Midlands or the, the curlew, the bird, which is just 150 pairs remaining in Ireland. Pollinators too, those who actually help farming. The commission says that one in three species of butterfly or bee are in decline. And uh, I'd noticed that big time in recent years. I'm sure other people have. Although I did have a lovely moment the other evening. We have a lavender planted out the front and I was walking past there. There was at least eight bees just buzzing around that one bush more than I'd seen in ages removing barriers in rivers is another part of this making sure that they can flow freely and not contribute to flooding that's another part so I mean all of that sounds great right why would you possibly be opposed to any of that making nature better getting back to our roots all that kind of jazz well Feared loss of farmland is one reason, and that that will lead to lower yields from farmers and therefore a food shortage. Similarly with fisheries, less food going around the place. And as a result, that will also kill jobs. There's been a 37% reduction in the number of farms in Europe in the 15 years from 2020, uh, 2005 to 2020 anyway. And that all of this will be a burden on society that will reduce Europe's ability to feed itself and the world at a time of war in Ukraine, which is just 
too risky. It's not well thought out. It needs to be pushed back and delayed and rethought. And the European People's Party, one of the major EU party blocs of which Fine Gael is a member, said this law was trying to dial back 75 years of ecosystem change in just 25 years and that it hasn't been made clear what ecosystems actually need repairing and the impact this will have on them. They painted this as a row between politicians who want action at any cost rather than sensible climate legislation, and this also led to a whole load of politicians in the EU comparing each other to Trump, which is never good for anybody, frankly. The EPP has tried to kill this law a number of times, including by replacing a third of its members on a key climate committee in order to try and vote it down and to rig that vote. But in recent weeks, though all those arguments against, well, they've been undermined on a number of fronts. A group of 6,000 scientists published a response to most of those concerns outlining why they don't believe that they are valid scientifically and that actually restoring ecosystems would increase farm yields over time. Then, and arguably more importantly, knowing who politicians listen to more and how they think, big business came out and backed the law. More than 60 companies came out to say that they want it and are in favour of it, including Coca-Cola, Nestle, Ikea and Unilever. That's the parent company behind Ben & Jerry's, Dove, Hellman's, Domestos and uh, Knorr Soups. Not without their own interests in mind when they are doing this, by the way. Nestle said that half the area they use to grow coffee beans could be gone by 2050 if they don't intervene. And, I mean, if you're a fan of chocolate, suddenly you're backing this law straight away, aren't you? God forbid that there would be some sort of chocolate shortage. Another suggestion had been that by restoring marine ecosystems and making them more protected, you would limit the ability to build wind farms, stopping this green energy revolution. Well, Wind Europe, the wind energy body, came out to say that that's just fundamentally wrong. It emphatically supports the law and said that it should not be watered down, pardon the pun, in any way. So how do you bring all those groups together? Well, here's Minister for Biodiversity, Malcolm Noonan, who has had that challenge in some of these negotiations. I think we can. I think there's, I, I think very much um, it's going to require local authorities in the urban element of it to ensure that we can actually develop and, and meet our housing requirements. And it can be done using very, very uh, innovative planning and, and landscaping and and design uh, to include in our urban areas spaces for nature. And we, and those spaces then will alleviate, help uh, attenuate flooding and, and other, uh, give us clean air and in our urban centres as well. And certainly then in relation to agricultural output, we don't see that there's going to be um, a reduction in agricultural output. In, in fact, I think having pollinators and having uh, good clean water is beneficial to farming. So I think it's actually only going to be a good thing for farming in Ireland. He sat around the talks at European Council level where Ireland agreed to a way forward. Not every country did, but a majority did. On July 12th, the European Parliament narrowly voted to proceed with the law despite most of the EPP voting against it. Fine Gael TDs actually defied that whip to support the legislation, even amid all the different concerns they've had. And now negotiations have to happen between the Parliament and the Council. And we have yet to see a final version of this law. It's not finished yet, but there has now been some serious progress. It looks as though it may well proceed. Guarantee, though. This is not the last you've heard of it. This is not the last of the opposition to it. This is not the last of the political manoeuvring by the EPP and potentially others. 
there will be more changes and attempts to water down and limit it, etc, etc, etc. But serious progress made. Overall, if you're asked to know over dinner, hey, what's, what's that thing? It's about restoring ecosystems, reclaiming land, undoing the damage which the human race has done in trampling over the world in the last 70, 75 years. <laughs> Arguably since the Industrial Revolution, but what have you. If this bill passes, each country will have two years to produce a report outlining how it meets the objectives of the bill. So each government can actually do things slightly differently as long as they hit the overall targets. A bit like the Climate Action Plan where there is this overall 2050 target for emissions reductions and each individual department works towards it and they'll have a a climate budget every year. Something similar to that. Ireland, the government, will have to put together a plan whether it's this government or the, the next government, more likely whoever ends up being in that. And so that also means the lobbying well, that's far from over. This episode presented and produced by myself, Sean Defoe. John Kyo is the editor with Lachlan Hart on sound and we'll chat to you again next week.